Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. Uh, it's me, Adam Hunter. Um, I'm solo today. I got, I got my buddy Kurt, actually, my my wrestling coach. Not my wrestling. Me and him coach a team for little kids, a middle school wrestling team. He's coming in. Uh, we have a great show. We got Sarah Morris, uh, who is in the semifinals on The Ultimate Fighter. It's on the show. We have Sarah Kaufman. It's two Sarahs. Uh, they're both Canadian too, which is which is, is kind of cool. And then we have Michael the Menace Johnson on the show, who's a badass fighter coming off the biggest victory of his life, uh, which he he destroyed Joe Lozon, which is I mean it's an amazing task in itself. If he does never does anything else again in his entire career, destroying Joe Lozon is quite an accomplishment. And uh, he's got a fight coming up at UFC 168 against Gilson Tebow, so uh, we'll talk about that. And. Uh, Man, I watched the primetime special, and man, those, those primetime specials, like, I could be dying of, like, it could be like when I'm going to die of cancer, and I'll watch. They make everything sound so exciting. They could be like, Adam, now. I, it's amazing, the, those primetime specials, they get you hooked. And uh, you know what? I was, before I watched that, but this is, how, I mean, no matter who, you know, they always make it, before I watched it, I was like, you know what? I got Hendrix on this fight. I got Hendrix. I think he's going to pull off the upset. He's got power in both hands. And the thing about Hendricks is that he's a really he's a really good guy, a very a simple guy. He lives a very he's a not, I'm not simple as in like he's he's dumb or I'm, I'm saying he 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 lives a very a very pure life. Like when he came on the show and I asked him about TRT, he didn't know what TRT was. I had to tell a guy in the UFC what TRT is. And he just seems like a real a very religious guy, nice guy, got three kids and and one of those dudes that has just, is just like a, a country boy. I mean, he's a he was a, a four time state champ in high school. Uh, he was a four time uh, he was a four time All American college. He 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 won the national title his 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 sophomore his junior year his senior year, he lost in the, in, the, in the finals. He was upset, and you know so you got to think he's got better wrestling than GSP. GSP probably. You could argue has better MMA wrestling, but Hendricks has better wrestling. Well, you'd be okay. Well, then people are gonna go, oh, well, Koscheck had better wrestling. Yeah, but I don't think, like, as talented as Josh Koscheck is, and he's superbly talented, there's a mental aspect that Koscheck just can't seem to get over in those. He seems to sometimes play into other people's game plans. He he likes playing the villain. He he sort of gets into these like these mind games that he doesn't necessarily win all the time. And I don't think that Hendrix is going to play into that mind game. I don't think Hendrix is going to fall into any kind of tricks. He's not going to play the heel. He's not worried about selling tickets. He's worried about fighting. And he's got power, crazy power. But he's also, what I like about Hendrix is, he comes on my show, and I go, what's your, and almost 99% of the fighters that come on my show, I go, so what's your plan against so-and-so? And they go, I'm not telling you my game plan. Or they go, dude, well, well I'm going to just have a great training camp, or I'm going to train for him just like I do everyone else. I go, what's your plan, Hendrix? 
well, every time he throws that jab, I'm going to throw my overhand left, and then I'm going to come in and double it. He told me exactly what he was planning on doing, which which I actually talked to Frank Trigg about that. I go, I've never had a guy tell me exactly. He goes, dude, that's Oklahoma State for you. They'll tell you exactly what they're going to do, and they're going to tell you how they're going to beat you, and then they're going to beat you. And Frank Trigg used to actually coach Johnny Hendricks, who he thought he told me was going to be the next John Smith, which if you don't know wrestling, John Smith is arguably the best wrestler of all time. Dan Gable, John Smith, Kale Sanderson, they're, they're, they're all in that, in that uh, argument, in that debate. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight. I still think Hendricks is going to win, but it's hard to bet. It's easier for me to bet, not bet, but to predict that Anderson Silva was going to lose versus GSP. For some, because I feel like Anderson Silva, you know, sometimes puts his hands down and gets a little sloppy and does his thing. GSP is almost like the perfect fighter. I mean, the guy, he even said, he goes, I'm, I'm the best fighter in the world at fighting and not finishing fights as well. I mean, the guy actually dropped out of high school because he couldn't finish his homework. But, but I don't care. I, honestly, I'm not one of those guys. I do make GSP can't finish jokes. I make jokes that there's a sex move called the GSP when you hump a chick for 25 minutes but can't finish. But I do make jokes like that, but I don't really care. He did say he wanted to fight Askren, which would be the, the fight to save boxing. Um... That fight would be, but Askren, I think, would be a challenge for him. But, for, but, you know, the thing about him saying he would fight Askren, which is interesting, is that he has a fight coming up against Hendricks. He might have to fight Askren if he loses to Hendricks. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of great cards on, on, on 167. There's, the, there's the, the, the Koscheck-Woodley fight. You know, it's one of those things where ever since I saw Koscheck have a jet on TV, he's never been the same. So if you have a jet, <laughs> it may have to, like, don't announce you have a jet. But his, his last couple fights, he, he lost to Hendricks, and then, uh, and then he got beat by Robbie Lawler, which oh, I didn't see that coming at all. I actually read a very interesting article about Lawler in the New Fighters Only magazine about how for five years Lawler didn't spar. He would show up, and he just didn't believe in sparring anymore at Pat Miller's camp. He would just come up and not spar because he didn't want to spar anymore ever. And he, and he, he, he sort of finally is mastering his, uh, his, his counterattack. So anyway, back to Woodley Koscheck. Ah, tough fight to call. I, I'm going to say Tyron Woodley. I think Koscheck is on his way down. I think Woodley has too much power. Uh, obviously, Koscheck's a better wrestler. I think, lo- I think leaving uh, American Top Team or leaving AKA was the worst thing that Koscheck could have done. Uh, you look at the guys over at AKA, uh, the guys that we had on the um, on the show, the guys like Maynard, uh, the guys like uh, Josh Thompson. You obviously have the Cain Velasquez, you have the the Cormier, and then you have the Khabib. I'm not even going to pr- attempt to announce his last name, but you have guys like that. Why would you leave that camp? I know that Koscheck sometimes he you know then he 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 said on Twitter those guys are my 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 my, my sparring buddies and I, or my punching bags. There was some kind of beef there. I don't know exactly what happened. Koscheck opened up his own gym, I think, in Fresno. But uh, he has not been the same fighter since leaving AKA. I will just say it. I said it. You heard it from me. Um, you know, so I think Woodley's got that fight. Rory McDonald, Lawler, um, another gr- uh, great fight. I think Rory's going to win. I like Robbie Lawler. I think he's a great fighter. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's awesome. He's, he's, he's now with American Top Team, which... Uh, coming from the Matt Hughes system, uh, oh, going over there was a great thing. He doesn't have to be the coach, he said, over there. But at the same time, Rory McDonald is, is a freaking a phenom. I mean, the guy, I mean, wait till he goes through puberty. But the guy is seriously just on another level. 
And uh, and I think Rory's got that. And then, of course, there's the, there's the Chael versus Rashad fight. And that's another fight it's hard to call. Uh, what Rashad shows up? The Rashad that dominated Phil Davis or the one that lost a little nug? And by the way, Chael Sonnen, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, which I know you're not, but if you, if you are, I got to tell a funny story about Chael. So Ch- I wrote a movie. I'm trying to make this movie about a wrestling team. I've been coaching wrestling. I wrote this funny script. Very funny movie. And of course, I want to say it's funny, but it is funny. It's hilarious. I'm trying to get it made. So I'm trying to get fighters attached. Like Kenny Florian said he'd be attached. And this guy said he'd be attached. So I emailed Chael my script. I go, I wrote the script. Here it is. I know Chael. Within 35 seconds of emailing him the script, I get it back. Dude, this is hilarious. Let's do it. But there's no way. So then I, I have him on my show a year later, right? I go... Hey, Chael, by the way, did you ever read that movie? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, complete, like, the, the, I don't know. What a, Chael's is one of those dudes. He's just one of those guys. But I think going to rain was the best thing for Chael. It was the best thing that happened to him, uh, training with Munoz and Ellenberger and, and those guys. And those guys, like, like we had Kelvin Gastelum on the show, says that Chael kicks the crap out of him. When you're, I mean, there's a, everyone that I know that has trained with Chael, even before when he fought Silva the second time, uh, people were people were picking Chael over John Jones. That's how good he is in training. Sometimes he he falls apart a little bit mentally. He breaks. It's funny because he actually, when I was next to him at the world at the MMA awards, he was calling out Vitor Belfort. He kept saying Vitor, and I said to him, "I go, you Vitor Belfort hits like a. Are you crazy?" He goes, "Dude, Vitor Belfort folds after the first round." He, he goes, he's only been after the first round a couple times. Every, time, every fight he's won, he's won in the first round. If you get past the first round, you can beat him. And it's funny because he actually called him out recently. He said he wants to punch Vitor in the face. Vitor said he's going to fight until he's four, in, in his 40s. I think he means 40 times over TRT. Vitor Belfort, they should just give him the TRT Brazilian Championship. They should actually make a separate TRT league because it seems like he's not going to fight outside of TRT. But uh, anyway, so... Back to my wrestling team. Uh, I've been coaching for eight years, if you know that. I started this program over at Paul River Middle School. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I, I love doing it. It's, it's, it gets easier every year. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes when you have you know, kids that are like, I'll be like, hey, man, do 25 push-ups. And the kid will be like, yeah, like the Asian guy in porn, which is my act. He, the kids do my act back to me. Um, it's, and it's funny. It's, it's actually a lot of fun coaching. It's hard sometimes because it's hard when you have a really good kid with a bad attitude because the other kids sort of follow him. But this year, I need, you know, I'm always on the road. I needed a coach. I needed an assistant coach. So I put on Twitter, hey, I need, a, I need a coach. If anybody can help me coach wrestling. Now, this guy, Kurt, contacted me recently. He said, hey, man, I make videos for fighters and, and for stuff, and I want you to help me. Uh, he goes, I, send me your videos. I'll edit them for you for nothing. Just it'll help me get my brand out. Uh, okay, sure, I'm, I'm trying. His, his brand's called Intravid, intravid.com, intravid.com. He goes, we, we, we work with some fighters. I got CB Dalloway, I got this fighter. Okay, cool. So then I get a tech, we're going back and forth, and, and I'm sort of like, you know, I'm all over the place, and Kurt's like, hey, man, I'm a bouncer in Santa Monica, and I have fighting experience. Can I come help coach these kids? So I said, sure. So Kurt shows up, and... Uh, He's a good-looking guy. He's a big dude. He's, he's a young guy. And we've been coaching. And he's actually a really good coach. He, he's a little bit from the old school where he thinks maybe I'm a little too easier on the kids than maybe I should be, you know, and I'm always cracking jokes. But here he is on the podcast. Kurt, how are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Adam. Thanks for, thanks for being on. Yeah. So you were an uh, uh, amateur fighter? Yeah, I fought a couple fights amateur. You know, it was never supposed to be a career for me, but uh, you know, I love fighting. I definitely wanted to be in this industry. So What, what, what league did you... 
I fought in Ultimate Reno Combat. Um, I fought uh, in a couple of, like smaller shows, just amateur in, in San Jose in Northern California. So that's where you're from? Yeah, I was originally from Massachusetts, but I grew up in Northern California. Did, did you train with like uh, Team Alpha Male or any of those? <laughs> Who did you train with? I over trained there? at the, a school called Phase Three Martial Arts. It's a school in Santa Rosa run by Ben Brown. It's a small school. Um, but it's what I went to after high school just to kind of... And you were a wrestler in high school? You wrestled in college at all? Or? I wrestled in high school. I didn't wrestle in college. I didn't have a team where I went. Right. Now, you're actually... I mean, you're, I get, you always get concerned because you don't want to bring some crazy person on to help. But, you know, you never know. Uh, who, you know, and I, I had to, you know, we had to go figure out your, your, your background and everything. But you actually, you are good with the kids. Some, some of the kids are tough. Like, there, there's this one kid in particular who every time you tell him something, he doesn't listen, he does it wrong, then he answers back, he goes, the reason I didn't do this is because, ah, and then, and then of course, <laughs> I have to make the kid do push-ups, or, and then the mom always says that I'm the bad coach, and when the kid loses, how can you teach him that? I'm like, because your kid doesn't listen. It's hard sometimes, you know, but it's funny. I mean, the kids are actually, they're pretty goofy. And yeah, but it's different. I mean, I'm only 25 years old, but I couldn't even imagine... Um you know, talking back to my coach when I was in high school and middle school. and Oh, it's like a whole different, it's a whole, I mean, the kid told me to shut up the other day. I said, yeah. he came late. I go, why'd you late? He goes, shut up. So I made him do 100, 100 blocks, which 100 sprawls. And then, and then, I, and then after 74, I'm like, all right, enough. You can come back with the team. And I'm, you know, I, I do love coaching. Coaching is like, you know, wrestling to me is like the greatest sport in the world. And it's taught me character and, and, and to be able to teach other kids is like, you kind of, it helps. And it's, it's great sometimes. Uh, a funny story before I go on. There was one kid I, I actually, I coached, when I po- coached over at Brooklyn Poly Prep, there was a kid that came to every practice and just got murdered. He was literally like, uh, you know, long hair, awkward kid, kind of geeky, like just would get it to crap. You almost wanted to tell him, dude, maybe this is not your sport, but <laughs> you don't want to tell a kid to quit a sport. So finally, the kid actually is in a match and finds a kid he, he can beat. I, I couldn't believe it. It was like Urkel versus McLovin. I, I could not believe <laughs> there was actually a kid worse than this kid. And the kid wins, and it's like huge smile on his face, and, and he gave me a hug afterwards. Thank, and it was like after school, there was like music and doves. It was one of those things where like literally, I, I, I'm like, I changed this kid's life. I can't wait to go up to him tomorrow. He quits the next day. Like his whole goal was to win a match, and I, and I couldn't blame him. But it was like he's like, I'm going out on top. Yeah, he's like, out on top. So I, I, I actually was like, kind of a funny story. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, wrestling. It's fun. We have it's a fun middle school kids because you have kids that like, can we play a game? Can we play? All I want to do is play games, you know. And then I'm like, no, it's not gonna. Here's the game, wrestle, you know. Yeah. And then and then we have a, there was a hot mom on our team. I'm not gonna say who, but I had a coach last year who would just show up. To hang out with the hot mom. Like, literally, he'd be like, hey, I got so-and-so's mom's number. I'm like, dude, you, you can't coach here anymore. This is not one of those things. And I put it in my movie, So, uh, which Chael hasn't read. So, <laughs> that being said, uh, Kurt, so you make videos for fighters? Or what's, what's your, what's your yeah, you don't so, charge? I mean, what, kind of, what kind of business model so is this? So, I run a website called introvid.com. I also run titocouture.com. And uh, introvid.com is just uh, a bunch of fighter video blogs we just organize them we love these fighters are doing these blogs it's a great way to get their name out there kind of give a connection with the fans but they're so hard to find so we just put it in one area and one spot and uh and just kind of have the fans just one stop shop for uh, fighter video blogs and you we, did it for tim kennedy right we did some for tim kennedy we work with uh, andrew craig cb dolloway want to work with adam hunter yes to get me some videos i'm trying to get you back <laughs> I, I literally am like yeah so i'm i'm you know, I'm doing, I'm doing what I can. I will definitely, you're a nice guy. You're, you've proven yourself. You're a real, you come every week and help work with kids. And to me, that's, 
that's that's more important to me. That's that's the best. That's that's honestly like um, I appreciate you. So of course yeah. I'll, I'll give you my videos to, <laughs> to look bad. Now uh, the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, we'll talk about this one coming up. So Cody Bollinger. Uh, we all saw what happened with Cody Bollinger. He didn't he didn't make weight. You know what's funny? I actually called Cody after I saw that, and because I, I know Cody, and I felt terrible. I'm like, oh man, it was just like a it's hard to watch. A yeah, guy, it was hard to watch. A guy crying, and then his, and then and then of course fighters are tweeting me like Abel Trujillo's like this guy needs Xanax, lol. And I, you know, so I call Cody. I'm like, dude, I, I saw what happened. I, I, this is before the show aired, and he's like, he's like, oh man, he's like, I know, thanks for the call, and I was like, dude, keep your head up, and he goes, man. Please keep making fun of me," <laughs> he said. He goes, "Don't stop making the jokes, whatever you do." And I'm like, "Dude, that's this. This guy's all right, man. I mean, he's asking me to keep making fun of him." But then he tweets out last night that he signed a six-figure World Series of Fighting contract. Yeah, which I would. I think I don't know if he's. Hopefully, he signed that contract and already got paid. Because the last thing you want to be doing is saying, hey, I didn't make weight on the Ultimate Fighter. I'm now getting six figures on a World Series of Fighters. Because there are fighters in the UFC who are not getting six figures. Yeah. It, I mean, there's most fighters are not getting six figures. And he wouldn't be getting that in the UFC. So hopefully that's true. I don't know if I believe it. I, I like Cody. He's a good dude. He's got a hot wife. Uh, and his wife is always uh, tweeting me. Uh, she's just, I mean, not like DMing me, but she's always very supportive. But uh, I'm like, Jesus, like, you know, I mean, that, that was weird. It was like, I understand why he would say that. And I think that I told him, I said, dude, stay off Twitter because people are going to be attacking you and you don't want to get into a situation where you're, because, you know, these, these guys aren't necessarily the most social media savvy human beings and I'm sure their feelings get hurt. But wow. Yeah, he was definitely active on Twitter <laughs> before the show, before this episode aired, and knowing that that was what was going to happen. Yeah. On the new Ultimate Fighter, so it starts off, Ronda's doing shots with her team. And Ronda Rousey looks like the kind of girl that after three or four shots, she is the kind of girl that is going to be fun, but is going ha- to pick me up to have sex. I mean, she's <laughs> getting more and more ripped on each episode. It's gotten to the point where like her chest has that, like, you know, I don't know what you call it, but it's like where, the, I guess boob muscles or whatever <laughs> yeah, but she's getting freaking i mean it's hot there's but there's, to me there's a point where like you go from hot to tranny where girls are like fit and you want to hit it and then there's like all right now you're a dude with a vagina so you, you don't <laughs> want to get too much like that so so ronda Rouse is doing shots with the team and you know the team's kind of cool and then all of a sudden there there becomes for some odd reason i know harley davidson uh i know they sponsor the ufc and they make a lot of money and whatever but there, it becomes like a 14-minute a infomercial halfway through the show about Harley Davidson, where literally everyone's trying the Harley, and, and then they're teaching. First of all, if you're an athlete, you shouldn't be on a Harley. I, I, and I, I'm sorry to say that, but if you look at all the guys like Frank Muir, who after his motorcycle accident, Aldo, Aldo uh, the guy on the Chicago Bulls that had that. Uh, that? Williams. Jason, Jason Williams. Williams. I mean – at least wait till you're after your career is to have a Harley Davidson. It's never going to. And then Kane Velasquez comes in on a Harley a, out of nowhere. I mean, first, you think to have Kane to teach some moves. Or, no, he just comes on a Harley and then rides out like he's like the Lone Ranger. But, but, and serious, but why is he in a Harley? I mean, he's the UFC champion. He should be walking with like a, an armored guard around him. He shouldn't be. He's like, yeah, I take my Harley every day. And I'm like, Jesus, like, are you guys insane? So anyway, I just wanted to point that out. So uh, we're going to have Sarah Morris and Raquel on the sh- uh, We had Raquel on the show. So basically now what's happening is that because the girls have to fight each other on the same team, it seems that Tate 
is now favoring Juliana and Holdsworth and not training Sarah Morris and uh, and Raquel. And they're angry about that. And I understand where Misha Tate's coming from because you have your favorites. She trained with Juliana before. She knew her before the show. And there are times when I'm coaching wrestling that like our guys are going at it. And I'm like, you kind of want one kid over. You don't want to <laughs> root for the kid. But even in matches, sometimes like we have, you know, we have an odd number of kids and we have to have our own kids. But you got to train everybody. And it was evident that Sarah Morris and Raquel were being screwed. So they were angry about that. They were talking about that. And uh, but Misha didn't acknowledge it. It wasn't like they, they conf- should have confronted Misha about it. They didn't. Yeah. And then it was funny because Master Master Tong uh, was ho- was holding the mitts uh, for for uh, Holdsworth. And then Louis Fassette was like, oh, maybe I'll have him I'll hold the mitts for me. And instead he wanted him to spar. And Louis Fassette had, had stitches everywhere and was like, dude, I got stitches. And it just reminded me of Holdsworth coming on our show and talking about Master Tong, asking everybody for money, and then bolting out. I could not help <laughs> think of that during the show. So... Anyway, what ends up happening is uh, it's, uh, it's the final match. Holdsworth is taking on Michael Wooten. And, uh, and Holdsworth, Holdsworth is a beast. He's, a be- he's the, the next level. He's on a different level than the other kids in the house. I, you, you never know because the final, and every time there's an ultimate fighter, it seems like one guy is going to beat everybody. And then in the final, it, like last year was Uriah Hall. And the year before, it was that kid from Brazil that was just intimidating everybody. I forgot the kid's Diego name. Diego Brando. Diego Brando, yeah. And then he ended up losing. So Oh, no, he ended up winning, actually. But he didn't do that great in the UFC so yeah. far. But, so you never actually, you, don't, you like never know. Michael Johnson, who we're having, we thought he was going to win. His He was dominating. But... At the same time, Holdsworth is legitimate, trains at Team Alpha Male. Not that Wooten is it, but when you're training at Team Alpha Male with Chad Mendez and Uriah and, you know, TJ Dillashaw and those, those monsters every day, Benavidez, it, you're just on a different level. Yeah, you got to get better working with those guys. And that's what he is. He's a black, he's a, he's a black belt and there are two people. And <laughs> he, he's just, yeah. So Holdsworth goes out and, you know, submits them pretty quick. And doesn't takes no damage at all during the fight, and uh, is looking great. So next week uh, we have Juliana Juliana against uh, against Sarah Morris. So uh, and funny because a lot of people on the internet are uh, on, on on the underground. The underground's really funny, by the way. Yeah. Like some of the people, there's this. I know this is a tangent. I'm going to talk about this for two minutes, but there's this epic thread right now. If you're bored, like like I am, I'm not. I shouldn't be bored. I have stuff to do. But there's a thread between. Dan the Wolfman. I don't know. <laughs> no one's going to know what I'm talking about. There's a guy named Dan the Wolfman who makes these, these, these videos. And, and in his videos, I guess he used to be in the UFC a long, long time ago. And, and now he's, he's, he's got lupus and he's like 38 or 39. But he makes these videos where he name drops. Like, I used to, he's sort of like, I told Chuck Liddell about this and I told this and I told, I told Randy that he, to, how to beat this guy. And, I, and then he has these like training videos and he'll just post them, post them. And you're not supposed to bump your own thread. He doesn't get, he'll bump his own thread like 30, 30, no one responds but Dan the Wolfman, right? Finally, some kid will be like, Dan, you suck. I can kick your ass. And so then, <laughs> then Dan gets into it, right? So, it, like, it became this whole thing. I guess he had an epic battle with Josh Barnett, and Barnett called him out and said, Dan the Wolfman, you're not really, you, you, I went to a thing, you're an embarrassment, blah, blah, blah. You didn't teach anybody anything. Because according to Dan the Wolfman, he, he's an actor, and he's in this. And he, so, w- 
I can't believe I'm talking about this, but anyway, so so Dan the Wolfman, someone writes on this thread, prime Dan the Wolfman versus Uncle Creepy, right? And literally, it becomes a 400-thing th thread, and all these fighters, like Uncle Creepy comes in, and he posts about it, and everyone's arguing. It starts off about, like, whether or not who would win, and Dan the Wolfman says he would, he would win the last three rounds. I hate to say it. Dan the Wolfman, as much as like, I'm sure you can kick my ass and I'm sure you have like legitimate skills, you're not beating on Creepy. But there was one video before on a tangent where he posted where he's having a, he's teaching people how to defend yourself against a knife. And he's literally, <laughs> he's literally on his like front yard with a guy who's like going at him with a knife. And then someone kept thinking like, what are your neighbors saying? Yeah. There's like an old, like you're this grown man fighting with knives. But this guy, we got, man, I, I, I got to get Dan the Wolf on our show. But anyway, so. So Dan the Wolfman, Uncle Creepy, and then it's just the thread keeps, there's a guy named Nader who used to fight for Bellator, and he hates Dan the Wolfman, and they're trying to set up a fight between these two, and then Jimmy Manawa comes, it just becomes this whole thing where like it's now, people hate Dan the Wolfman, they think he's, he's full of shit, and then people start saying like Dan the Wolfman told Steven Seagal everything, it just becomes, but it is one of the funniest Waste of times things I've ever read in my life. I was literally crying uh, on on some of these people. Some people are very. It's like, oh man. Anyway, look, we got we got we have, we have a show. We can't talk about this, but this is this is funny to me. All right, Sarah. So let's call uh, Sarah Kaufman. Let's call her right now. Hey, is it Sarah Kaufman? This is Sarah. How's it going? You're on the MMA Roasted podcast. Thanks for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm I'm doing great. You, you, now, Sarah, you are, you are, it's an honor to talk to you. You're the first ever Strikeforce Women's Champion and the, and the hardcore champion fighting women's bantamweight champion, and now you're in the UFC. I mean, you got to feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, everything that you've done in the past kind of leads you to where you are, you know, now, and uh, I'm definitely proud of a lot of the things I've accomplished in the sport and, and for myself as, a, as an athlete and as a person. Yeah, no, you're, 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 you're killing it. Now, you start off as a dancer, but like a real dancer, I, not I, like a stripper. I mean, you were actually like a real dancer. Yeah, although when I was like five or six, for some reason, like I remember being like, you know, I think I want to be a stripper. I don't know why. Like, I never watched anything like that. Or Really? So I, was, I, I don't know. Like, I remember at a young age for a short period of time being like, yeah, you know, that would be cool. And then that passed really quickly because it wouldn't be cool. But um, I was an actual dancer, yeah. I did um, kind of ballet, tap jazz, hip-hop, musical theater, and a little bit of, like, Irish step dance. Wow. Pretty much a mix of everything from, from kind of the time I was started at 2 and did it till about 19 or 20, maybe? I was 21. So you never stripped yeah. for, like, boyfriends before or anything? Or you never? No. <laughs> no, I actually hate being naked. Real? What? You hate being naked? You're an athlete with a, with a great killer athlete body. Why would you hate being naked? I just, I'm very modest, if you will. Oh, that's good. And and you're and you're from Canada, right? I am. Yeah. Uh, where in Canada? Far, far west coast of Victoria, British Columbia, right by kind of Vancouver and Seattle. I find Beautiful. that Canadian women are like the the coolest women. Am I am I right about that? You, I, I'm not. I'm not well, just that, saying that. Like it just that's seems nice like. That's nice of you to say. Um, I think all Canadians in general, like seemingly, were were pretty nice. I don't know, Victoria were pretty laid back, so. West Coast, kind of similar to West Coast life, I'd assume in the States, just people are pretty chill and, and have a good time with life, and I don't know, we're, I don't know, we're just nice to people. 
No, no, I, I love. It. I actually had a threesome in Canada, and uh, it was um, oh. these these two after my show. These two girls, they were, afterwards they were like, "Welcome to Canada," and I was like, "Oh, that's that's amazing." But we were in Minnesota. It actually, it wasn't even in Canada. It was very strange. But well, uh, congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Now, um, now you're now you uh, we got to talk about your last your last fight. Uh, it was a very very close fight, very controversial fight. Uh, we've had we had Jessica. Um, we had Jessica I on the show. Did you hear the interview with her? Uh, yeah, I did, actually. Anything that you'd like to say about that or how you'd like to respond? Uh, you know, not re- even really a s- response. You know, I-, I do think that it was a really exciting fight. And, you know, the split decision, you know, it was a close fight. Um, honestly, you know, I- and-, and I've said this, you know, I've- I said congratulations to, to her and-, and to myself, you know, for us representing women's in the sport, uh, you know, and putting on a fight that fans love to see and, and would want to see again in terms of our styles and, and how we fight. Um, you know, I, I do think that th- there were some close rounds. You know, I think round one was pretty close. Um, you know, round two, I definitely think that I took. And then round three, for sure, I know 100% without question that I took. And, and, and so I think that I should have won by at least 29-28. Um, but, you know, honestly, my biggest thing is, in the scoring of round three. Because if it had been a split decision and two judges had scored round two for her and one for me or two for me and one for her, uh, you know, I, I think that that's, you know, that, that's how people judge and that, that's at their discretion. Um, honestly, I just think the biggest issue was with that third round where it was clearly a domination in that round. You know, she said so herself that, you know, she, she was in trouble and, and that she thought she won the first two and knew that she lost the third. So for me, honestly, it, it's just that third round that, you know, something needs to be done about the judging and and have judges who actually know what they're watching because I, I just don't know how you would score that third round for her, which decided the fight. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy with the fight. I think I won. She's happy with the fight. She thinks she won. And, you know, that that's how fighting goes, you know. you. Yeah, no, it, I thought it was, you, it was a very tough fight to score. Time. I think... You did more damage in the third than she did, but I think she might she might land more shots in the first two. It, it depends on how you you know. It's it was a very very close fight. Absolutely, you know. absolutely, and and honestly, for me, it's just that that scoring of the third round. Um, you know, I, I don't know how much more one person can do. You know, if you have someone in danger and and you outstrike them by or outland and outthrow uh, in the round, you know. The, and there was no ground game in that round. I just think that that's, that's where the issue is, is just the inconsistency in the judging. And it was a problem throughout the whole night and is a problem on a regular basis for a lot of fight cards. And it would be great to see commissions take a little bit of responsibility for that. And, and, and if there's a bad call, then, you know, commissions should be able to step in and kind of say, you know, you're either suspended from judging or they should be able to kind of go back and do, do some replays or... I don't know the solution, but I do think that there should be educated judges so that when we go in there to do our job, it's not at all marred um, or skewed for a win or a loss on your record um, right. based on someone not knowing. No, I, I totally, I totally uh, hear you. I mean, you know, but the same thing. It's like you can't fight City Hall. It's like that's a whole bigger issue, the judging, you know. It's- absolutely. absolutely. That's what I mean. Like I, I don't know what can be done about it, but, you know, it would be – it's it's our livelihood as athletes and as professional fighters, um, and yes, of course, you know you don't want to leave a fight up to the judges. You know you want it 
to be an easy, oh, yeah, you knocked them out, you got the submission, you did whatever, um, and, and they don't come into play at all. But when people are really good and, and, and when the skill set is as high as, uh, you know, both Jessica and myself, that doesn't always happen. And you should be able to rely on right. um, at, at least a, a modicum of appropriateness when it comes to looking at and yeah, knowing but what you're looking at. the same at time, your, but your fight was close. I mean, there are times like, like Bisbing versus Hamill where I'm like, what were the judges looking at? I mean, there Absolutely. are de- where I'm like, there were fights that I'm like, dude, the, the, like even yeah, boxing you, matches. You're you know. amazed that, that there's a and even an option that they could have won the fight. I right. agree with that absolutely. Now, um, now you, uh, now you're a girl that you've you've been around with this for a while. You've been in the sport for a long time. You actually beat Misha Tate, uh, and then you fought Ronda Rousey. Um, uh, you lost to Ronda Rousey. How do you feel their rematch going? Yeah, honestly, it's really hard to, to to call fights. I'm not good at calling fights at all because. MMA is so kind of up and down. I do think that Ronda's strength um, and, and Ronda's substantially bigger than Misha. I think that that will play a factor um, in the fight. But I, I could actually see it going, you know, maybe into the second, the third. You know, I, I don't see it going five rounds at all. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think maybe Ronda comes out with a win again, but uh, I don't think that it's going to be a first-round finish. When you fought Ronda, was that what you were so amazed by, was how strong she was? Honestly, I didn't. I didn't find her overly strong. I did. I didn't find that she outmuscled me. Um, I, I've never really found that any girl has outmuscled me in that sense. Uh, you know, I just. I didn't show up, and, and she did. She started fast, and uh, you know, I, I just didn't. She did a great job of coming in and doing exactly what she wanted to do, and I knew that she was going to do all those things, and just didn't get those cylinders firing fast enough. And by the time I was defending the armbar, I did an all right job defending. I defended for probably longer than anything else that happened in the fight. But, you know, she's – that's what she does. I mean, everyone knows that. But, you know, that's what she's been doing her whole life. And you can't put yourself in those situations in the first place. And, you know, she she did a great job, and I uh, I didn't show up. I mean, it was a case of ner- – I mean, you obviously trained. You worked your ass off. You thought you were ready. You came out in the corner. Uh, was it a case yeah. of, like, just octagon jitters? or I mean, it was a strike for – it was a case jitters. but a case of, like – overwhelming experience it was too much no i you know i i don't think that i can blame anything other than Rhonda doing a great job of and, and instigating exactly what she wanted to and you know i did some you know i was a little bit too much in my head and and wasn't fighting enough i was doing a little bit too much thought process and you know a minute goes by really fast and a lot of times in that minute you know there's a lot of feeling out process and there wasn't any of that and and so that kind of took me out of my my comfort zone and and as I say, you know, you can't take away Rhonda did exactly what she wanted to do. And I just kind of overthought things. And all of a sudden, oh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in this position that, you know, is, is terrible. And, it, you know, that, that's the hardest thing for me is not showing up for that fight. Because um, I don't have an excuse. I can't say I had a bad training camp or a bad weight cut or I felt sick or I was right. really nervous. You know, I, 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 I always wonder, though, like, after a fight it. like that, okay, so, because I always wonder, you always hear about, you know, everyone was kind of going crazy for Ronda, Ronda this, Ronda that, and I, I did, I felt for you, I have to say, because you kind of came in, you were sort of like, you were sort of like, okay, you know, she, she she beat you in dramatic fashion, then I was like, well, what what happens to Sarah Kaufman, like, the week after that? Are you are you depressed, or, or is there, a, do you do you walk around, like, with your head down? I mean, do you not leave your house? What What, what, what happens? 
Uh, you know, I, it would be great if you could just stay in and not leave the house. But at the end of the day, that kind of stuff happens. And you feel kind of like an for, uh, you know, knowing that you have the skill set and, you know, you let yourself down, you let your team down, you let your coaches down. Um, you kind of let the world down. You know, all these people, they want you to beat Rhonda because Rhonda has this mouth on her. Um, and I don't care about that. But, you know, there would be satisfaction like, oh, yeah. You know, she came in and I wiped her out. And then to, to kind of have kind of the opposite happen when I know that I'm so much better than that, um, you know, it, it was really upsetting. And I had to go and I had arranged to do uh, a little video shoot for a, a cooking show prior to the fight. So I had to go in on kind of Monday morning, came home Sunday, Monday morning, had to go to this cooking show. And right away I had to, to go in and teach at Zuma at the gym that I kind of run and teach and you teach zumba you know, it, zuma oh zuma close to zumba but <laughs> that, we don't dance oh okay now did you poison everyone's food afterwards be like you know what i'm in a bad mood you know this cooking show you guys are all gonna get food poisoning yeah no they actually made me eat i don't remember it was like there was bacon and there was endives and it was actually all right except that i don't like bacon at all but i mean the show itself like it was it was fun and i kind of kept it together and you know, it was tried to be lighthearted, and then it was kind of like once I got to the gym, and you know, people are coming in, and you know, what do you what do you say yeah. other than like, oh, you'll get it next time? You oh, know, that's got to be that's, honestly. After I have a bad set, like I have, keep your head up, or I thought you were funny, or uh, I can't imagine what you have to go through after that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it is hard, and mentally, it's you know, uh, my coach actually had family in town that he had to kind of take take around so he wasn't even in the gym that much so I kind of have the full burden of all these people being like you know some people wanted to tiptoe some people want to say something you know and so, yeah. and I had a little girl come in like so this is you know Monday and I'm still just killing myself and kicking myself for being so stupid and you know she comes in and she's like my dad said that you got arm barred <laughs> and, and, and it was so innocent and it wasn't did you knock the you kid know, out meant Sorry. Did you knock the little kid out for saying that? or? No, but I was just like, you're right. I did. You know, and I have to teach these kids and try and be upbeat. But, you know, you're hurting inside because it's your it's your pride and your passion and your work ethic and kind of everything all combined. And it's hard to not label yourself as kind of a loser in that sense of, you know, you, you, you feel really trodden down and. And it is a hard thing to come back from, but it's part of the fight game. Well, you're obviously not a loser. Uh, you, you're you're in the UFC. Uh, what's what's next for you? Honestly, I don't know. You know, I have no injuries at all. Um, you know, I, I look like I was never even in a fight. And I, I've been back training every day after a fight. I always go for a run first thing in the morning. So I've been training, wow. you know, since since the morning after the fight. And honestly, I, I'm ready to go whenever. You now you seem like a you seem like a very cool down to earth like girlfriend type girl. Do you have a boyfriend or are you, are you into girls? What's what? Are you into guys? What's your deal? No, I I'm single. You you do like this question a lot though. You're you're very interested <laughs> in the personal life. Oh yeah, well cause this is part of our show. We want to know. We don't want to just hear about. I mean, if I, I, there's a thousand other podcasts. People ask you the same question: Who do you train with? Who do you do this? Who do that? But I want to get to know about you as a person. So, so you're single. Yeah. Uh, do you have a, a, a plenty of fish profile? What, what exactly? No, I see. The thing is, is I actually don't really like talking to people. I'm I'm very kind of reserved and, and shy with people that I don't know at all. Um, and I don't drink. I don't party. 
Um, and I'm not a big online person. I find it creepy right. to have to like put up your profile and then go search through guys, and they're searching through you. And then, I yeah. don't know, I just think a lot of people, like, what am I going to say? Like, I don't want to say that I'm an MMA fighter because then people are like, oh, you know, they're kind of peaked in a creepy way. So what, yeah, of course. So, what, so when was the last time you had a boyfriend? Uh, I don't know. A really long time. So you haven't had a boyfriend, and you, so you're not dating, you're single. I mean, this is like the glass menagerie. I mean, I mean do you, is there any, what do you, uh, there's got to be some kind of, any prospects, any, any booty calls? I mean, what, what's, what's there? No. What's the I'm Kaufman not, I'm honestly way? really not into that. I think partially because it's just, I'm so focused on what I'm doing. You know, I'm at the gym 12 hours a day teaching, training myself. Uh, you know, I, I leave. I leave the house at 8 a.m. and I get home at like 9:30 or 10. And guys at the gym, are, guys at the gym, like, guys don't ask you out at the gym. Hey, you want to go some, drink afterwards? Or yeah, I don't have any interest in dating anyone from the gym. Right. I've had a couple guys like ask in the past, but I think it, it's hard when your whole life is already one thing. Right. And then you know to to have someone else from the gym where I also work. It's not like I just train at the gym. Like I I work here. I do all the kind of management side, you know, collect bills, that kind of thing. So to be like, okay, yeah, you owe us some money. You got to have more fun in your home. life. This is, this is depressing. This is more depressing than the last, the last, the Ronda fight. I mean, seriously, this is, I mean, you have to, you need, you need a guy to, to take you out. I mean, okay, let's say I'm, I'm, a, I'm a guy and I want Sarah Kaufman. I said, this is, this is my girl right here. This is, this is what I want. How does a guy get, how does a guy get to you? I mean, what is, what is? Yeah, I don't, I do have a pretty big wall. I, I'm actually a little bit of a solo bird. Like I, I'm not against talking to people and hanging out with people and having relationships with people, um, but I am very kind of reserved and and, and I very, take a long time to warm up to someone. You know what? That's very sweet. So, in, in this day yeah. and age, 2013, with the world star hip hop honeys and all these chicks and the hoochies and the girls showing their 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 badges everywhere, it's nice to have the other extreme where you're just like, you know what? No D. I don't want the D. Uh, if it, if it if it shows up somehow miraculously, I'll take it. But I'm I'm Sarah Kaufman, and you have to earn it. Am I right? Yeah, kind of. And it's like you know, I'd want to be probably be friends with them first because I think any guy, and I think most females who fight would say that. Like any guy who initially finds out that you're a fighter, and then they're right away they're into you. It's for a different reason than who you are. And I mean, I think Jessica probably feels the same way, kind of what she was saying. It's hard because people are kind of weird with it. Guy become, you know, they like, become oh, like fanboys. So yeah, they become fanboys. I'd or... let you beat me up. And then it's weird. <laughs> All right. So, uh, well, we got to get going. We, 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 we've learned a lot here, Sarah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you, are, you are definitely a tough nut to crack. Um, but, uh, but hopefully, you know, uh, hopefully one day, I, I'm sure you'll meet a guy that like somehow – somehow ends up in your life and they'll weasel their way in there it'll uh, happen okay so so the heading is going to be sarah kaufman there will be a we- guy to weasel his way into sarah kaufman is that is that a good heading is that maybe i don't know <laughs> weasel his way into sarah kaufman sounds a little bit crude oh, okay all right so okay so we're not going to say that so no one's going to weasel their way into sarah kaufman no one can weasel their way into Sarah Kaufman, you got it. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for being on the show. You, you've been a great sport. I'm a fan. And, thank uh, you so much. And I won't try to weasel my way into you. If I meet you, I promise I'll be very respectful. We'll do Zumba together. And um, yeah, You know, it could be entertaining. Okay, good. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show. I, I, you're, you're, you're a great athlete and a great person. Thanks, guys. Have a great day.
Hey, is this Sarah Mraz? Yes, it is. How's it going? It's Adam Hunter. You're on the MMA Roasted Podcast. Hey, it's going good. How are you? Good. Uh, congrats on all your success. You're killing it on The Ultimate Fighter. Thank you. You're doing very well. Uh, you, um, uh, you know, you, you, uh, I got to ask you, though. We'll, 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 we'll get into that. Now, Anthony said in the earlier episode that you like him. And I was like, there's no way that, that she likes Anthony. But then you said he was the hottest guy in the house. So do you like, I mean, are you into Anthony or what's going on there? I, I'm not into Anthony. I, I actually said that like right at the very beginning. I mean, he's good looking, but I don't, I don't, I'm not attracted to him. Um, I said that before he even did that interview where he said that. So it's sort of just a time. Oh, okay. I don't know. They sort of make it seem different than it was. Right, right, right. So, so you're not into Anthony because because uh, I asked if you guys hooked up and no one that came on the show would 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 confirm it nor deny it. So you're saying nothing <laughs> nothing happened between you and Anthony. You heard it here first. Is that is that the truth? Um, not that I remember, at least. <laughs> oh, so it might have happened. Maybe you were drunk and something could have happened, or uh, I don't drink. So oh, you don't drink. Okay, right. something happened. It wasn't. <laughs> Oh, wasn't legal or... <laughs> oh, got you. All right. So now, now you're, you're, you're from Canada, correct? Yep. And you're in Canada right now? Yes, I am. Now, is the Ultimate Fighter, is it big in Canada? Uh, to some extent, I think it's probably bigger in the U.S. than it is here. But people are recognizing you, like, hey, you're Sarah Morris. Is that... Um, maybe like once a week or so I'll get someone that recognizes me, but not very often. Oh, well, I would recognize you. Now you have this, you have, by the way, you have great eyes. You have crazy eyes. They're, they are a little crazy, but they're, they're, but they're, but they're great. They, they definitely look like, you look like you'd be trouble for a guy. Like you have, does anybody ever tell you that, that you have crazy? Yeah, I've heard that before. <laughs> That's some crazy eyes. No, it's good. It, it, it looks like you could definitely. Anyway, so uh, now the whole thing on the show. I gotta say. By the way, how did you get the nickname Cheesecake? Um, for my first pro fight, I had a friend dare me to come out to a song called Cheesecake by the Muppets, and so I did. And my other friend, she said that she'd bake me a cheesecake if I did it. So she like handed me this cheesecake as I came out of the cage. And after that, like all the results on the internet, it all said Sarah Cheesecake Morris, so it kind of stuck. Uh, now, do you like the nickname? Yeah, I like it. I don't, I don't like it when people give themselves nicknames, and I'm not a very serious person, so I don't want like killer or takedown or some stupid nickname like that. So. I thought it would be funny, and yeah, I like it. No, it's funny. It's actually I find the, the girl fighters with their nicknames are actually pretty pretty funny. Like uh, like uh, like your cheesecake, and then uh, Carla Esparza is the Cookie Monster, and then uh, Fallon Fox is Timber because of her fallen wood. It, it's sort of they're like I think there's some pretty cool nicknames, by the way. <laughs> now, yeah. what, now 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 what was it like being like uh, living in the house? I mean, was that was that just a surreal, crazy experience, or what? What exactly? Tell us about that. Yeah, um, it was pretty crazy. Uh, like, it was so long ago, and then not being able to talk about it, it sort of feels like a really messed up dream. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, but, I mean, I had 
a guy from my team, Mike Hill, on a previous season. So I sort of had a bit of an inside scoop, although I'm not terribly close with him. Um, I did I did get a chance to talk to him a bit about it, so I had some ideas of what to expect. And I think having guys in the house made it a lot easier to cope than just a full house of females. Right, right, right. It seemed like you were – now, it seemed like when you talked trash in your, before your last fight, now did it, it didn't seem like you were really talking trash, like they told you to say that stuff. Was that, was that like, lines they were giving you, or were, the, were those your lines? About um, her, about, they were my lines, but they sort of asked me to, like, what's your message to Peggy? Like, what do you want to say to her? I'm like, I don't know. I like, like, she mostly slept and wasn't really, like, very social at this point in the house so I didn't really know her at all I'm like so I just sort of said what I knew and didn't really think they'd use it because it was terrible but they did right right I mean you you, you did call her a, a giraffe you called her a, a firebush giraffe or, or uh... yeah I called her a giraffe <laughs> I don't know. It's just what came to mind. So now you now, now you called out Ronda Rousey after getting into the house. Was that something that you still want to fight? You still want to fight Ronda? Or I mean, is that? Um, of course, I want to fight Ronda. She's the champ right now. I think. I think if people are fighting, especially like at this level, to be in the house, I'm sure every one of them wants to fight Ronda, at least at some point to get that to get that shot at that title, you know, and take it away from her, break her undefeated record. So, I mean, yeah, I think if you don't want to fight Ronda, you're an idiot, especially if you're a female. Well, I guess if you're a female in the sport. Yeah. Well, I think, uh, I think Carrie wants to fight her too, but now there was a thing where, uh, <laughs> maybe he'll get a sex change and fight her. <laughs> it's happened. Yeah. I think maybe now you actually, um, so you and Raquel were, okay. you and Raquel are upset about Misha not training you. You basically, uh, Raquel is uh, that Misha is favoring Juliana and you and Raquel are kind of left to the side. Yep. Um, yeah, I kind of figured that that would be in the next episode. Um, yeah, that's definitely how I felt pretty much since the very beginning. Um, even like with Juliana having the first full week preparing for her fight, um, it was sort of all about her. They made me work with her, make me work a lot of stuff preparing her for her fight and then when it was my turn it was like you know you have 24 hours notice to make weight and there's not really any time to to work for me and then also with her having that fight very earlier on so she they were always working with her preparing her for the semifinals and stuff so it was yeah it definitely felt like we weren't getting as much attention as Juliana so, like, Misha was basically favoriting Juliana because that's her friend, and then you and Raquel were just for, like, the bastard stepchildren that weren't getting any love. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even just me and Raquel. I'm pretty sure everyone on our team felt that way other than Juliana and maybe Chris Holdsworth because he also had his, one of his coaches there as a coach on the team. Right. Now, you fought Juliana before and beaten her. Yes. 
So was that was that was that weird going into the house, like knowing that you already fought to her, that, and then you lost to Raquel uh, back in, uh, also. So was that was there kind of some weird friction that like you had already beaten Juliana, so maybe now she's getting better as opposed to you getting better because she, you know, was there does she have an advantage or do you have an advantage? Um, I think. I think skill-wise, I'm a lot better, but um, I think she definitely had an advantage having, you know, people that she was used to working with, people that knew how she liked to be coached, and having Nisha sort of work with her the entire time. Right, right. No, I, I, I totally, I, I get it. I mean, it, it, it does seem like a. You know, and it's and it's kind of weird the way the whole season's going because the way it seemed like a lot of people were upset at the way Rondo was acting in the beginning of the show because they thought you know giving the finger and the whole fight and then the whole Edmund and 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 you know uh, what's his name the guy Edmund and um, Dennis Hallman and Dennis Hallman thing all that and now it seems to be Rhonda's becoming the better coach because she's out with the team and cares about the team and whereas Misha's now picking sides and sort of like okay I was all I was all about this for Ron against Rhonda now I'm just all about Juliana <laughs> yeah um like like I haven't seen the next episode so I don't really know yet but um, I'll tell you what happens so you, you get yeah, I so what happens the, is you get I butt naked I thought the whole time that the editing was terrible for Rhonda like I thought she was awesome I know she was an awesome coach I know everyone that I've talked to from her team love her so it you know it sort of threw me off how the editing showed her right 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 now uh, as for me she hasn't really shown anything that you know that makes people not like her. Right. At least from what I've seen so far. Well, I think the thing that seems like makes her not like her is the fact that she's not r- working with you and Raquel right now. That seems to be the the beginning of the, 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 the turn. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen that episode, so I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Sorry, I'm screwing up your whole show. No, 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 that. no, no. You're not screwing up anything. You're, 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 you're great. I, I've, I've been wanting to talk to you for the, the entire... Because it seems like you're a really cool girl. You definitely. A lot of people love uh, love your hips, by the way, and like your butt. They 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 think that your butt. <laughs> just so you, I know Holdsworth said they don't call you Morass for nothing. Just that's what he came on our show and said that. Do you know that? Who said that? Sorry, Chris Holdsworth said that, that, that they don't call oh, you. Oh yeah. He said they don't call you Morass for nothing. You you you, uh, you you didn't hear that or? Yeah yeah I I mean I've said that myself. I I went to high school. You know there were bullies. There were. There were people that, you know, talk about me, so it's not the first time that I've heard that I have a big ass or anything like that. Well, um, I mean, people aren't yeah, trying to bully. I, 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 I no, I think it's a good butt. I don't, I'm not saying, it, like, more ass is a bad... I think people want more ass. That's... I mean, who doesn't want more yeah, ass? Yeah, yeah, that's... From the comments I've been reading, people <laughs> people aren't really insulting it. No. But, yeah. <laughs> you should, honestly, Sarah, you should be very proud of your ass. Just say, I mean, I mean, just be proud of your fight career. It and, makes it hard to make weight, though. Yeah, yeah it's a, I could see that. Uh, that's probably a tough thing. Or maybe your ass could be in a different division or something. You know, maybe you could just have your ass weigh in at you know one ten separately. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> now, um, now, do you, now you said you got into MMA because your boyfriend started doing it and you wanted to impress him, and now here you are. Who is your boyfriend? Is he a pro fighter? Or? 
Um, I wouldn't say I did it to impress him, but he he just thought I'd enjoy a class, so I figured I'd check it out. I actually wanted to be like a forest firefighter, but I was too young to apply, so I figured I'd just check out a class and get in shape. Right. Um, he is a pro fighter, but I don't I don't know if I want to say his name. I haven't really talked to him in oh quite come a few on, tell us who now. it is. We have to, we have to know. Okay, so he's. No, I can't say. I can't it, throw him under the bus like that. Is it? So the guy's from Canada. Is it GSP? Oh, I wish. Is it Patrick Cote? <laughs> it's not anyone you would have heard of. All right. Who are the top? Who are the top five male fighters that you want to get with? Um, I don't know. Like, I don't even watch fights. I'm I'm terrible like that. Like, people will mention. All right, I'll say uh, a name. UFC I'll say, I'll... fighters that have titles, and I don't even know their names. Okay, well, I just I noticed that you train at Rory McDonald's old gym. Ah, there we go. Is it Rory McDonald's? No, no. I actually started here uh, three years ago. Before that, I I was training in Chilliwack, and uh, and then I went to England for a year and trained with Rosie Sexton, and then now I'm in Kelowna. Oh, our our uh, sources are wrong. Okay, so I'm going to name a fighter. And you tell me if you'd hook up with him. Um, Czech Congo. Uh, probably not. Uh, He's kind of old, isn't he? Yeah, he is kind of old. All right. Uh, Tito Ortiz. I don't even know what he looks like. All right. Adam Hunter. I don't know who that is. Oh, come on. It's me. <laughs> I know. I'm the worst. Like, I don't even, I never watch UFC or anything like that. I'm, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm not like, in the UFC. I'm a, I'm, a a I'm a comedian. I'm, I'm the guy ta- you're talking to, Adam Hunter. I'm, I'm the host of the show. Oh, sh- Yes, yes, I'd totally do you then. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Thank you. That's that that made my day. Sarah Morris would totally yeah. do Adam Hunter. That's gonna be the, the thread of this uh, <laughs> of this next the title of this thread. So uh so Sarah, you seem like a very, very cool girl. Uh I would um I hope you nothing but success. Uh what do you think you need to work on the most out of your fighting skills? Um well I I definitely need to work on my stand-up. I, I feel like my stand-up's a lot better than I showed in that fight. It, I felt very slow and sluggish and didn't feel myself going into that fight. I know my stand-up's a lot better, and I actually um, had a bit of knee issues So, like right now, recently. So I've been working on my hands a lot, and they've just improved like crazy. So, I'm yeah, I'm excited. I, I mean, there's always areas of your game to improve. So, nice. Yeah. Well, good luck with everything. Thank you for being a guest on the show. You're, you've been a great guest, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> you're a great host, too. Oh, thank you very much. And if you're ever in California, let me know. Are you ever coming to L.A.? I don't know. I, I don't have a job right now. I'm kind of broke. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not planning on any paying for any flights or anything like that anytime soon. Well, hopefully you'll win the Ultimate Fighter and, and uh, get some money. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. All right, well, take care, Sarah. Okay, you too. What up? Hey, this is John Dodson. Yep. Hey, it's Adam Hunter. You're on the MA Roasted Podcast. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? Congratulations. You got a, a big fight coming up? Yep, I'm fighting Scotty Georgeson out in California for that USC on Fox 9. 
That's crazy. Now, all your fights are on short notice, right? Just because you're... No, kidding. No, but... Uh, well, cause, you know, I'm so short. They just <laughs> like to, to keep me on my toes. Exactly. By the way, John Dawson, if people don't know, is probably be my favorite fighter and uh, one of the nice guys. And he actually asked me to roast him. He's like, hey, man, roast me. So, which is, which is, uh, I always give you credit, man, because you, you are a great sport. I remember last time uh, you came on the podcast, you were talking about how a lot of times you would say things to girls like, hey, I want to get with you, but they would start laughing at you because they thought that you were kidding. Has that problem still happened? Or? That still happens. I still have that weird, unique power that I can do whatever I want, and they all still think it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So how's, how's everything going over at, uh, at uh, Jackson's? Now, when you take a fight like this on short notice, are you, have you been training like all the way through? Did you just get off the couch uh, for this? and What, what exactly I went back to training on Monday, and then I got like kind of scolded for going to training on like the day after my fight, or that that Monday after my fight. I started training for that couple of days, and I went to uh, like the Hennis Mountains, where out here all it is like a bunch of uh, like a fishing resort, rock climbing walls everywhere, and there's nothing but like hot springs everywhere. So I was camped out for like two, like about three days, and all of a sudden everyone's like texting me and asking me where I've been. I was like, "What are you guys talking about?" Like, well, we want to know if you're going to take this fight. I was like, y'all told me to get out of the gym, and I did. And now you tell me to get back into the gym. I was like, yeah, can you do it? I was like, of course. But just see, this is why I want to stay in the gym. Y'all just need just be on my side for once in your life. <laughs> oh, that that's amazing. Now, who are you camping with? I just go out, go just hang by myself. You by yourself? You just go out camping for a couple days by yourself? Yeah, why not? I mean, don't you get under like wolves out there? I mean. I mean Bears or yeah, that's why I carry a gun and a hatchet, and then I, I'm not going out there like alone, alone. Like I don't bring people with me, but I do bring ammunition. So John Dodson, so you go out camping by yourself in in Albuquerque or in like where? Well, uh, like the outside of Albuquerque. It's just still in New Mexico. I just like going everywhere so I can get away from everything. So you build a, t- a, a tent. And then you go fishing during the day. You're you're like a real uh, outdoorsman. You're like Huckleberry. Yeah, I like fit. doing everything outdoorsy, man. That's 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 insane. I, I would I would be in like I'm just a, I'm a I'm a guy from New York City and now I live in L.A. I mean being out there, I used to have to go on attitude trips out in the woods if I had a bad attitude when I was in high school. That was like my punishment. But you do that for fun. That's uh, that's crazy. So you so you're getting texts out in the woods. People are like, hey, are, will you fight Scott Jorgensen? Now. Well, um, the thing is, my phone wasn't working. Like, I'm out of service. Like, when I go camping and stuff, yeah, I'm out of range. And everyone's like wondering where I was. I was like, while well, I was driving back in Albuquerque, they're like, yo, you need to come back. I was like, for what? And then I found out what was going on. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll take that. That's crazy. Now, Jorgensen's coming on to 25 for the first time. He was supposed to fight Uncle Creepy. He's been in training for Uncle Creepy the whole time. You're stepping in. Uh, what do you have to gain for this fight? Because you're right now, you're ranked. You got to be what, ranked third or second? And Jorgensen's probably, uh, you know, below you, uh, you know, substantially probably. What do you have to gain from this? A paycheck. <laughs> a paycheck. <laughs> yeah. Like it gives me a good exposure, and also gives me a good opponent. Like it gave me something that I wanted. I wanted a fight before the end of the year, and I just, man, I'm never gonna turn down a fight. I'm not that kind of person. The only reason I would turn down a fight is if I got hurt, injured. Uh, something really bad happened to my family. Like my mom happened to like get eaten by wolves or something vicious like that. That would be the reason why I wouldn't fight. 
but also my brother got kidnapped and I was like on a worldwide manhunt looking for them. Anyway, if both of your brothers got kidnapped. Nah, right. just my, I only got one brother, so if he got kidnapped and I had to go on a manhunt, I will go do that for him and my mom. And then, yeah, the, the, yeah, nobody would see me for a while. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I would not want an angry John Dodson after me. That would that would that would be like a that's like a movie in itself. Like of course, John, I'm, a, I'm a ninja, and my friends like to call me a tigger, so I bounce around and they won't know what's coming at them. They just hear a creepy laugh in the background. Now you, because of ninjas, you were on Ninja Warrior, uh, and what happened there? Oh man, I just I just messed up my grip. I thought I could go ahead and grab on the inside, and they were yelling at me while I like, made grip. They're like, no, you can't do that. And I was like, oh, okay. I'm going in the water. I dipped it. I'm so mad. It was like a course designed for me, and I still messed it up. That's all. I mean, I think it's more impressive that you're going to be uh, the UFC champion pretty soon than winning some stupid TV show, but Ninja Warrior. Um, hey, man, that thing is designed for me. I need to go back on there and win it. Now, the octagon, when you fight, it becomes like a, a trampoline in there, whereas you basically... I never saw a guy bounce and do flips off the cage like you do. Does anybody ever get upset with you, like Jackson, say, hey, listen, you got to stop doing that. You might hurt yourself. No. Because I, I, uh, I actually train with some guys right here that are professional freerunners, and they're all helping me get ready and do some stuff and just keep, me up, keep my mind off of actually fighting and gives me something else to do and it's a different type of cardio workouts that I can do over here at the airport. Right. So. Now, how do you – I have to know, because you said uh, – before last time that um, that that, that I, I like, because the word is so, someone came on the show and said that you slay the most bitches out of Jackson's camp. That John Dotson is a beast. <laughs> is there is there true is that truth of that? Are you the guy like going out there and just just annihilating women? Is that is that what's going on here? I have the most confidence, so I can go as as many women as possible. Now, running through them, that's a different story. I got the most confidence to pick up any girl, but for them to actually to take it serious, remember, I have that magical power. <laughs> Anything I say is a joke to them. So they'll give me the number, and I'll ask them on a date, and they'll still sit there and be like, yeah, 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 we'll go do this. And then I'll be waiting for them at dinner or movie or whatever we're planning on doing by myself. Oh, man. I know. I'm the I think they just don't see me because I'm uh, <laughs> So you think maybe they, uh-huh. you think maybe they came to the movie, but, but they didn't know that you were there. Well, if they went to the movies and they they couldn't see me, because one, it's dark in there, and two, I'm short. So yeah, that's definitely not, those two are not in my favor right there. <laughs> so, so that's why I try to do the whole dinner thing. Like, hey girl, let's go see, let's go have dinner. And I don't think that they can see me over the bar stool sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like Kevin Hart pointing at him with my feet. Like, hey, you over there? Uh huh. That's you. You my date. Come here. I'll uh, use my toes, like bring your towards me instead of my fingers and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just telling you, I got like the worst luck sometimes. So you are having trouble getting. So Dotson's having trouble getting laid. That's that's crazy. That, that to me, that 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 should be against the law because you're you're a very entertaining guy. You're a good looking guy. You're a UFC star. I mean, the fact if you okay. can't get laid, there's no hope for any of the little people out there. I'm just. I just think they think I'm too immature. For the way that I act, and I'm always so happy and bubbly as a person. Yeah, but I mean, are you that happy and bubbly, or is there some kind of deep-seated? Because I mean, you are a fighter, so there's obviously some type of like you know. I can I can see like when you get mad, it's probably probably takes a lot for you to get mad, but when it happens, you're probably you know you don't want to mess with John Dawson. Oh, when I get mad, I go ballistic, but like I'm always happy and everything. It's just like I really don't let things bother me too much. I can get over things pretty quickly. Yeah. Now, I mean. 
It was funny because even on the Ultimate Fighter, when you were the mole, uh, you were still the most likable mole in the history of the Ultimate Fighter. Like it was like you couldn't even get <laughs> you you couldn't even get mad at you. And by the way, my, I told I said this last time. My ex girlfriend thought that your nickname was the mole. She was like, Oh, oh he, really? Yeah, she thought that that was John the Mole Dotson. I'm like, No, no. I had to explain to her what a mole was. Like she thought you were like a, on like someone's face, like a mole. Like that was your nickname because oh. you were short. I was like, No, no, no. It's not that. But so. Cool, man. So how's uh? So who do you like, by the way? I gotta ask you. So have you trained uh, uh, a side GSP over at Jackson's? Yeah, I trained with him when he used to come down here a lot, but he doesn't come out. I mean, he doesn't come out to Albuquerque as much as he used to. Did you actually uh, spar with him ever? Yeah, he said he needed somebody with speed. So it was cool, kind of like doing like a boxing camp, like where they grab different uh, weights and speeds and heights and everything else like that for, for different variables instead of trying to just always go into one. Like one body type the whole time, right? So I never got to grapple with him because he he would always just try to lay on top of me and just sit there, <laughs> catch his breath. I was like, "This is cheating, Greg. Uh, we need somebody replace me. Tag me out. Tag me out. Somebody, please." So he and, was trying to hump you the whole time. Even you, he couldn't finish Dotson. No, absolutely not. Could not finish Dotson. Dotson getting upset. So why am I talking to myself in a third person? I was getting upset, trying to tag out, looking for somebody to help me. And the Rashad always just look at me and just point, hey, that's what you get, son. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's so funny. It's not funny. It's me. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know. It makes me laugh. You're making me laugh this whole podcast, man. This is a crazy podcast. <laughs> so, uh, so Dotson versus Hendricks. Who, who do you like? I'm Dotson versus Hendricks. GSP versus Hendricks. Who do you like? I was like, obviously Dotson. That's who I got. <laughs> Dotson versus Hendricks. So GSP <laughs> Hendricks. Who do you like? Uh, that's a tough one, man. Like I like how Hendricks has the power and. He has that speed and control, and he actually has really good wrestling. But George has like that weird, unique ability where he makes everyone look really bad. So it doesn't matter who he fights; he makes them look like they were not in his league or not the same type of category. He beats everybody up with a jab, and it's the simplest thing in the world that everyone looks in boxing is learn how to jab. And then he learns how to do a knee tap. Like George is not phenomenal at doing those two things, and it proves that well that the basics are key fundamentals of everything in life. Right. Instead of doing all everything flashy like how I do. <laughs> well, you have basic. I mean, you have the basics down. I mean, you're not I mean, you you're quick as hell and your 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 overhand right is is is, is lethal. So, uh I know. But that's the only thing I got. I need to work on something else. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, so okay, what about Chael versus Rashad? Oh, Rashad all day. Like Rashad's, Rashad's going to be on that game plan, but if he can beat Chael, he can definitely go down to 85 and dominate that weight class. So you That's think, I see it anyway. So you think Rashad's going to finish Chael? Hmm, maybe not because because Chael is like a hard guy to finish, but it would be a good way for him to kind of cement himself uh, or get his confidence back up there so they're saying he can go with a world champion all the time. Right, right. Uh, and then... Uh, now a fight that just got made, one sixty nine, Dominic versus uh, Barrow. I, you know, it's, it's man. It's, I got Barrow. I know that sounds so bad, but I have Barrow winning that because I see him being unstoppable. At one thirty five, he's a beast. And Dominic Cruz hasn't had to fought for two years. He's probably just coming out like actually been working out for the last six months ish, maybe. And hasn't really been hit. Has been tested. Probably has that ring rust coming through. So. Yeah, it's kind of a shame that you guys don't get like tune-up fights. You know, like, like in bo- if a guy if it was in boxing, he would get a tune-up fight and then yeah, have to fight. And this, he doesn't. Like his tune-up fight is the guy who's been 
considered as a champion in the in his division. When Dama Cruz is, is holding the belt, somebody else is being called the champion. Somebody else is being called the number one fighter in the world. And it's kind of like, I guess it's kind of like an ego situation for him, where he knows he has to step up his game. Right. And then Aldo Lamas? Aldo. Yeah. Like, Aldo Lamas has, has good power, good striking, is good wrestling technique, but I think Jose is still going to be have that mental, like have that mental edge over him. Right. Yeah. No. I, now, have you been watching the Ultimate Fighter at all? Yes. Now, are you are you Team Rousey or Team Tate? Uh, I'm just Team Kickass. <laughs> no. If you had to be with one of them, let's say it's the last day on Earth, and you had to choose between Ronda Rousey or Misha Tate, which one would you hook up with? Well, I wouldn't hook up with either one of them. But if I had to be on somebody's team, I'd probably be on Misha's. Just because of the fact of how she's actually she's actually being understanding to the fighters versus it being a more of a personal attack on, on themselves, like how Ronda is. Like, she's basically taking everything to heart, heart as if it was like she lost it and not really caring how her, her, how her teammate or her, her team is feeling. Yeah, she's not she's a good loser. Like, I, I never, I've never, I mean, giving them, I, I, I coach a little kids wrestling team. I've been doing it for eight years and, and I got to say, like, I, there are many times I've wanted to give the other coach a middle finger after the match, but I, I would never do that because of the way the kids, yeah. the kids would look at me like, what kind of, you come on, you know, I, I'm kind of surprised actually that, that Ron is doing that. That's what I'm saying. Like, you're the, you're the person that those girls are trying to, to become and look at you as that star and you're kind of just drifting off into your own world and making it everything about yourself versus them. It's not your career that's on the line. It's those, it's the fighters that are on there on the show this career. Not, like, and she's just kind of making it more mm, egotistical or yeah. egotistical or narcissist. Right. One or two. Now, have you ever hooked up but, with Julie Kedzie? No. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't want to date anybody in the, on, the, on the gym because one, it's, what's that old saying? I don't know where I eat. Same thing. Yeah. So any of those girls that walk through the gym, it doesn't matter who they are. Find them, she can be the finest woman in the, in the world. I still just look at them, stare at them, and be like, wow, she's cute. Well, <laughs> I guess I have to spar with her in five minutes. Yeah. She's going to yeah. be cute. She's going to be cute after she gets going to punch me in the face when we be looking at her as revenge. <laughs> I've got a new opponent and we'll start beating her up. One time I can beat up a woman and it'd be okay. <laughs> Dude, you're you're funny, man. Yeah, you, you you you. I think you have a, like a, a career in broadcasting or like uh, acting. After this whole MMA thing happened, after you're done with that, you should go into acting. I I, I know I, 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 I like that. I like no I've like called you Webster before and stuff, but but I honestly really think that you have like a legitimate charm and uh, you, should, you should you should you should think about it, man. Well. I was trying to do stunts, but the kids are telling me I have to have to cut weight, and so I can uh, be a stunt double for kids. And I didn't like the sound of that. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be. No, I'm talking about forget stunts. <laughs> I'm saying like should be in movies. But anyway, uh, dude, you're Dotson. You always come through in a clutch. You're. you're I want to have you on all the time. I'm a big fan. Don't go out. Don't get eaten by by a by a, a bear or anything if you go camping. I, I, I get concerned. Just be careful when you're out well, there by I, yourself. Well, now I can't go camping and go rock climbing because of the fact that I got the spike coming up. Yeah. I have to stay. They always keep me homebound. And then between my sexes, I was just working on double backs and double fronts. Now I can't go ahead and go train them because uh, I might hurt myself. Yeah. Like doing double backflips and double front flips, and that, everyone was getting all excited. I was like, <laughs> I was even excited, but I was like pulling them off. <sighs> well, you know, it could be worse. 
Could be worse. I can't wait for your fight, man. Uh, good luck with everything, and I'll, t- I'll talk to you soon, brother. Bye, brother. Talk to you later. Well, that is our podcast. Uh, I like John. Well, we'll talk about this for a second. I like John Dotson a lot. I think he, uh, he's a good dude. Nice guy. He's funny as hell. Great fighter. And uh, that's, that's so funny. He goes to the movies by, by himself or waiting for a girl, and they don't know he's there. I mean, what, what a good sport. I love when guys can laugh at themselves like that. Holy shit. Maybe it helps when you can beat someone's ass, but, but still, that uh, says a lot about the guy. Right, Kurt? Yeah, he's a good fighter. He's a funny guy. Yeah. You know, he's going he's gonna to do well. He's gonna do well. Already, like he's gonna be. A, I mean, he could be a champ. Like I think said. he could be uh, Johnson, Demetrius. Yeah, Johnson. it's just it's tough for him to go five rounds with somebody like that. He's such a fast twitch athlete. I think, you know, he's got that power and that to speed. go five rounds with Johnson. Yes, you know, because Johnson's he's got so much endurance and and. Uh, yeah, but I mean, Dodson's got endurance also. Yeah, but not like that. I mean, he kind of faded in that that last fight. That's why. That's why that I, was the biggest. Well, yeah, but it was still a very close fight. I mean, I, I you know, John had him fir- hurt the first. Two rounds, he dropped him a couple times. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was he almost finished him. He did. So, I don't know. I, I think Dodson could win. That was the thing, though. Like when you, the hard part about watching that fight was he was taking some knees. I was like, oh man, that was like, uh Johnson's good, man. He's he's a legit champ. Benavides and him are going to be a great fight. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about the whole Rogan uh, uh, controversy on on Twitter with uh, who was it with Sexton? Sexton. Yeah. With yeah. I mean, she made that she made that joke. So if, if, if you're if you're just tuning in. Uh, Rossi Sexton said, no matter how many, even 48 hours after all those hits I've taken, I still have a higher IQ than Joe Rogan. And then Rogan tweeted back, that's true. Yeah. And then people, of course, Rogan's fans got very angry. And said, oh, you know, and then Rogan defended it and said, come on, people. She, she's a very, but then Sexton got upset because during her fight, Rogan said it should be stopped. And her whole thing was, no, you know, it shouldn't have been stopped. The ref didn't stop it. And um and then, and then that sort of morphed into a debate on whether or not when you see women take this much punishment, would you be the same to say, well, you know, uh, would call a fight quicker than let, let's say a guy taking that much punishment? Yeah. And you know, it is a debate. I mean, it, it is a debate, and you know, for, for but and then people are comparing it to the whole Cain Velasquez fight, but that's a little different. I think Cain was that legitimately should have been stopped. I'm not saying Sexton should have been stopped, but and, and I know people are going to tell me, well, you know, but the thing about Dos Santos is he hits, he has that one punch power. Kane does come in with his hands down a little bit. He he does he never really he always always controlling you, but at the same time, he, Dos Santos was never out completely out of the fight where he, he even went for a sub at the end and then knocked himself out with some, some bizarre, uh, you know, move he did on himself. But at the same time, you know. While Andrade's throwing bombs, she's not throwing Cain Velasquez bombs, you know. But relative to her size, you could say, well, she's hitting it. You know, it, it is a debate. I yeah, mean, it's definitely a beating. But you got to think, Sexton wanted to be in that fight more than anybody else wanted to be in, you know. Same with JDS. Like, that's a huge fight. Right. But, I, but at the same time, I understand what you're saying. But there's a counter argument of, like, sometimes fighters need to be saved from themselves. Because there are fighters... On, on that logic... There are how many times I've seen a boxing match where guys is getting murdered for 12 rounds, and you don't want to see people like, you know, then Chael Sonnen said that, that, uh, that Velasquez, uh, I mean, that took a lot of years off Dos Santos' life. And, and, but then people, well, you know, look, I mean, who knows how long he's going to live anyway? I mean, that's, yeah. you're assuming the guy's going to live to 100, and then now he's going to be 95. I mean, I think what was on the line there, too, is his legacy, it's a championship, heavyweight championship. I mean, he's the greatest fighter, uh, you know, in the world. 
if he wins that fight, you can't just take that away. My opinion. But yeah, I no, get what you're saying. Like, I you mean, wanna, yeah, I mean, I, I understand both sides of the argument. I would tend to, uh, you know, maybe say a fight should be stopped quicker than it shouldn't be because at, at the same time, you, you know, you, you want to see crazy fights, you want to see blood baths, you want to see the Diego Sanchez versus Gilbert Melendez fights. At the same time, you don't want to see guys walking around with severe brain damage. It's, it's not that important. So, you know, I, I understand. Meanwhile, Dos Santos re- today said that even though Kane beat him twice, he's not a better fighter. He didn't prove he's a better fighter, which uh, yeah, I think if someone kicks the crap out of you for, for nine and a half rounds, uh, he's a better fighter. Yeah, I, you I know, I don't understand the logic of that. I mean, it'd be one thing if, um, let's say, like, uh, even, you know, he, he caught him with a lucky submission yeah, after well, getting like dominated. With JDS or, and him in the first, the first fight, JDS and Kane in the first fight. Right, JDS right, game. right. You could say like that first fight. You could you could argue that well, maybe not. Well, he, you know, he caught a punch, put him in the back of the head. But if a guy beats you up continuously for nine and a half rounds, two out of three, you're a better fighter. I and, agree. And I'm not. It's just just logic. It's not you know. But uh, JDS is in a tough spot now because he's. I think he's the clearly the second best fighter in the world. But they can't. He can't have a rematch anytime soon. They put him. They don't want to put him up against. You know, real contenders, and because he'll take them out, and then Kane will have nobody. No, they're to saying fight. Kane versus Verdum next. Yeah, but I think Kane wins that fight. I think so too. Yeah, I don't think anybody's beating Kane. Yeah, Kane's <laughs> one of those guys. The only way I think Kane loses is if him and Cormier get into a big fight, and Cormier leaves AKA, and they stop training together. Because together, it's like it's like uh, you know, it's to me, it's like the Rolling Stones. Like Mick Jagger sucked on his own <laughs> to Keith. <laughs> Rest. But together, when those two train every day, four days, you're you're getting the two. Best heavyweights. I believe that Cormier is the second best heavyweight. You think he's better than uh, than JDS? I do. I, I, you know, I mean, if you look at, uh, I mean, he, I mean, look at who he's done. He hasn't lost a round in in MMA. Yeah. I mean, he he has not lost a round to Barnett, uh, and you, uh, you know, Mir to Roy Nelson, uh, to uh, you would look JDS at, lose a round to any of those guys? I mean, he smashed Roy Nelson worse than. Even though they both were did JDS lose the No, but based on the damage he took from this fight, uh, <laughs> I don't think he's the same fighter that he's going to be Maybe. after that. So right now, mm-hmm. but no, based on the, that lot, yeah, I understand your logic. But Cormier, I, I just think is, I mean, he knocked out Bigfoot in what one round? I mean, I think well, so did JDS, right? But so yeah, they're, they're close. They're close. G- I would love to they're, see that they're, fight. They're close, but I mean, but I think as you've seen, JDS can be exposed with his wrestling. Mm-hmm. Not exposed in like, as in like Kimbo exposed, but if, if there is a hole in JDS's game plan, in his game, it's wrestling. Yeah. Because wrestling, it was just the pressure that Kane put on him, too. He's in his face, just constantly doing something. JDS had to be so defensive. Yeah. Wrestling wins championships, so. Wrestling does win championships, which is why me and you coach. <laughs> little, little, little kids, we have a, we have a really tough uh, 72-pounder, uh, Nick. He he wants to play games all the time, but once he once he realizes that like we're not gonna play games every time, he's gonna be a champ. We, we have we have good kids. We have a good group of uh, and it's cool because our kids are like from a charter school, so they all get bussed in from different places. And then the kids that we wrestle are all like, you know, St. Cathedral. It's like it's sort of like our, our Harvard Westlake, which is forty thousand dollars to go to a year. Uh, which is which is nothing wrong with that if you have that money. Say send your kid to Harvard Westlake, but it's nice that we have a little bit of a diverse team. We have we have a you know a smorgasbord of, <laughs> of of wrestlers, which is which is very nice. Uh, so anyway, that is uh, that is our podcast. Thank you, John Dodson. Uh, thank you uh, to Sarah Morris, and 
Thank you to Sarah Kaufman for coming on the show. Uh, I will be in Europe when this comes out. I'm doing a military tour. I'm going to Germany, England, Bosnia, the Amsterdam, and Kosovo doing comedy for the U.S. military. Can't wait for that. Uh, Kurt, anything you want to plug? Yeah, thanks for, uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Just check out intravid.com. It's all fighter video blogs. And any fighters that want video blogs uh, made, you know, contact us on Twitter. I'm sure Adam will tweet it out. And, uh, you know, I just want to give a shout-out to my business partner, Jeremy Choi. He does everything that, of this with me. So uh, it's not just me on here. Okay, so if you're a fighter and you have a videos and, and you don't, you're not a good editor and you don't know how to, how to do anything, send them to you. I'll cut them up. And, 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 and you'll cut them up and put them out. I like it. Cool. Well, thank you, Fox Sports, for uh, picking up the podcast and uh, being so cool. And uh, enjoy the rest of the fights. Enjoy your week. Take care. Bye.